You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. Hey, something for you. Oh, that was kind of <laughs> didn't really ring out. I was hoping. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Brought it back. Yeah. Had some people comment on that. They liked the gong. So give you that back for today. I'm not going to use it all the time, but just a special occasion. So we had the 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 guh and the gong. <laughs> Brutal. Hey, I got some statistics for you. Okay. This is kind of neat. I went through. All right. So maybe I'll just give you a few today, and I'll give you a few on Friday, too. Every province and every state of the United States has had someone listen to our podcast. Um, 85% of our podcasts are listened on mobile devices. Pretty good. This is really good. 88% listen for the full length of the podcast. So for you 12%, don't, don't listen all the way through. You're missing out on the best part if you tune if you tune out early. <laughs> the ending is often the best part of the whole podcast. <laughs> and I'll give you one more. Um, Ninety-five countries have listened to Tim Talks. Somebody in ninety-five countries have listened. That's awesome. How about that? Amen. That's awesome. So I want one hundred countries. Let, let's get that listen full length up to say ninety-two percent. That'd be awesome. So there you go. So thanks, Timmy's. And I'll give you some more on Friday. I'll give you some. I'll give you some other good stuff. So I was impressed by that. That's awesome. For two knuckleheads, two knuckleheads that piece this thing together. Not too bad. Not too shabby. But the real problem is, I feel like I have to carry all the weight and help all the people while you just sit around and. Well, I'm do giving myself to prayer and the ministry of the word. <laughs> well. <laughs> I don't think we really need it on this podcast. <laughs> I don't think it ever shines through on this podcast. <laughs> unless, unless you're praying for this podcast because we can use all the prayer we can get. <laughs> oh, man. Good topic started on Monday. Yes, and, and I'm very glad that I don't even know where it came from so I can speak yeah. with uh, great ease and uh, not yeah. not worry about hurting somebody's feelings. So. Right, right. And I don't know either. I don't really know uh, the gentleman that sent it in. And uh, he didn't mention the church or uh, where he was from. So that's that's kind of nice. So this is really an anonymous kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Excellent. we are just guessing that it was with Sam El-Rabadi. Yes, yeah, yes. It, wa- it, wa- <laughs> it was written in Arabic. So I'm just, you know, I had to decipher the code. But, yeah, I got it for sure. <laughs> no question. <laughs> I don't know. It came in an envelope marked North Canton. <laughs> we could name so many oh yeah so many yes it's too fun <laughs> yeah yeah 
I thought it was kind of funny that Mike Petrick doesn't even have an assistant and somebody's writing in and complaining. <laughs> Take that, Florida. <laughs> oh, man. Well, whenever you've oh, been awesome. an assistant pastor, there are many times that people in the church feel like they can say things to you that they yes. wouldn't necessarily say to the pastor. And right. so that is such a fine line to walk. You know, I wanted to make sure. Now, I, I, I was assistant pastor for Brother Thompson for 13 years and then uh, Brother Folger for seven. And so, uh, you know, I always wanted to try to be loyal. I always wanted to try to be honest and Christian. And first of all, I don't need to be hearing a bunch of griping and complaining and, uh, you know, backbiting and, and just, you know, wrong gossip and those kind of things. But at the same time, trying to discern between somebody bringing a problem to you and that you can maybe take care of so the pastor doesn't have to um, is a little bit different that, that sometimes people, when they bring a problem, they bring a complaint too. Mm -hmm. I know the pastor's wife and the church secretary are also people that people love to go to and find out things about the pastor. And I'd have people, you know, that would come by the church office. Oh, is pastor in? Oh, no, he's not in today. Well, where is he? Uh, he's, he's out uh, making calls today. Well, who's he visiting? <laughs> They'd want to know all that kind of information. And I had a great secretary that would say, well, I don't know. Uh, that's his business, and and he's doing that, and you know he'll be back later, and all those kind of things. But and people would ask my wife, you know, I'd I'd go out preaching somewhere. Where's Pastor? Where's he going? What's he doing? When's he getting back? All that information. So they would do that. But yeah, um, as an assistant, you better guard yourself because people sometimes try to pitch you against the pastor oh, yes. as well as an assistant. And I don't know why people do that or want to do that. Um, I think I think of uh, Aaron and Miriam. When I think of the assistant pastor in that role where people will come and complain, and I think people were coming and complaining to them, and they kind of, the problem is that that assistant or that associate now begins to feel like, yes, I, you know, why isn't the pastor doing these things? Uh, why do I have to do this? I'm not the guy in charge. And maybe they've gotten in trouble or chewed out or somebody has, you know, got after them and they feel like they need to pass the buck to someone else. And well, that's pastor's responsibility. And I think. Miriam and, and Aaron became, you know, very prideful and began to attack Moses and, and bring insurrection against Moses. And of course, God took care of that right away. But as an assistant pastor, associate pastor, you've got to guard yourself sometimes against those that will try to do those things to you. And I would, as a young man, I think I would sit down with a pastor and say, now, if this should happen, how do you want me to deal with this? Yes. And I would tell my guys, I'd tell my guys, here's the answer. If somebody comes and says, hey, the pastor said, wait, 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 wait. I will make an appointment right now for you to meet with pastor. What time do you want to meet with him? What day and what time do you want to meet with him? And very quickly they'd say, well, no, no, no. I don't need to talk to the pastor. I was just asking you. Now, if you start with the pastor, that's who you're going to talk to. And that worked very well. That dispelled a lot of, a lot of uh, questions and, and, you know, little gossip sessions, I think. I was in a lot of situations where uh, people would wind up coming for counsel, and and mm -hmm. I would always let them know, look, 
I want you to know that I'm not telling anybody what goes on in here except I am always telling right. the pastor because the pastor right. is, is uh, you know, he needs to know where people are spiritually. And if you feel like you need mm-hmm. to elaborate on anything or if he, if he wants to know how he can better help you, he may contact you. But I always mm-hmm. want you to know that, you know, I believe the pastor deserves to know what's going on with the flock because I'm not the pastor. And so some of the situation is we, well, we think evil. It, our problem is we mm-hmm. think evil of a brother. And so, uh, right. you know, when somebody would come and say, you know, I tried to talk to pastor and he did not even have any time for me. Immediately we will think, yeah, I've seen him be rude to people. And so we will assume mm-hmm. that they're right whenever you don't know the whole situation. It could have been that right. that person may have caught the pastor in the middle of something, you know, in the middle of, uh, you know, dealing with another issue, maybe dealing with somebody else. We've been in, in after church uh, in the aisle and somebody's talking and, you know, you're sharing a conversation and somebody else butts in. You know, I mean, that happens quite a quite a lot in, in normal situations. Right. And so it may have been, you know... It, I'll take care of you in a minute. I'm dealing with this person right now. You know, so just uh, that's one of the things that Lee Robertson, man, I will never forget. He was down on one knee talking to a uh, Down syndrome boy and a pastor Mm. came up to talk to him and he turned and he's, you know, he's down on one knee. He looks up and says, just a minute, brother. I'm dealing with this brother in Christ right here first and then I'll be able to deal with you. And I mean, he was a, you know, well-known pastor. You know, and it's like, right. wow. You know, I mean, that yeah. that yeah. that is where we ought to be, you know, uh, right. to be truly meek. Right. As a second man, there's nothing wrong with you going to the pastor either and saying, Pastor, this guy has asked me, this lady has asked me, how do you want me to deal with yes. that? Do you want to deal with that or do you want me to deal with yes. that? And I I had my door open to my staff all the time, and I told them, you can ask me anything you want. And I would much rather have them come to me and say, hey, this guy's asked me three or four times, and make me aware of that so that I can either take care of the problem or say to them, listen, I've dealt with that. This guy's just asking a goofy question or whatever. Um, and this is how you can handle it. That way we're all on board. So that if there ever is a meeting, I don't get blindsided. And the guy comes in and says, well, I, I asked three or four times to talk to you and nobody let me talk to you. Well, that's not true. You talk to my associate and I know the story. And so you're not going to blindside me with that. Or, you know, get caught and say, well, yeah, you're right. I, I didn't deal with that. So you've got to, you got to, you got to have that open communication. And I, I sense in the in the the letter that was sent i sense that there is either poor communication or some kind of resentment there i could be wrong cuz i don't know the church i don't know the situation but that's kind of what i that's kind of what i got friction of some sort you know something yes. something that's there and so this is right. something that really is a great topic because uh mm-hmm. guess what assistant pastors they're working for a sinner. Yeah. And uh, assistant yeah. pastors are sinners themselves. So pastors remember that too. You know, we want to yeah, focus right. and concentrate on the negative that never should be. He should not ever be like that. Well, 
he's a sinner. I'm not saying yeah. we excuse it, but why do we? Why are we always so quick to condemn sin in someone else and condone sin within us? And so it ought to be the other right. way around. We ought to be dealing with those things with the Lord that that are problems to us, and trying to intervene and have intercessory prayer for those that that are overtaken in, in faults themselves. Here's what I find sometimes, too, is that the problem is not with the assistant pastor, but the assistant pastor's wife, because the assistant pastor is out running, trying to take care of all these things, and she's saying, when are you coming home? Why, why are you working so many hours? Can't pastor do some of those things? And sometimes that's a problem, and that uh, here's, here's a guy that's putting in a lot of hours, and, and maybe his wife feels neglected or their family feels neglected, or maybe he feels some kind of... Um, uh, not guilt, but feels something that, you know, I, I'm not taking care of those needs or I'm not giving the time that I want to give. And so there may be some of that resentment as well. And I, I do find that sometimes in an associate that guys sign up for the ministry and they think, oh, I'll, I'll work from nine till five, yeah. Monday till Friday. And I've got Saturday and Sunday off and, and I get two weeks holidays and I get every stat holiday off. And, you know, um, and, that, and that's not the ministry. That's just not the ministry. And as a pastor, you have to be careful that you don't work your staff 24-7, 365. You, you've got to give them that time. And um, I was with a pastor not long ago, and he was upset with his staff. And he's like, I, you know, I can't believe it. I, I give these guys Saturday afternoon off. And I was like, buddy, that's not a lot of time. And, and I was the same way when I started. I thought I had to impress our people, and I had to prove that I worked hard and our staff worked hard. So we put in a lot of hours. And I found out that... When, if the job's getting done and and you're really working hard at what you're doing, you don't have to impress people with those things. And so maybe, again, it's a pastor who's just thinking, you know, I want our people to know that we're working hard and there's a lot of things to do. There is a difference, though, between uh, building a good reputation and trying to impress people. So, you know, mm -hmm. it is very important. It is very important that our church members understand that we are hard workers that we are available mm -hmm. that we are trying to do whatever we can that we're not just standing up in the pulpit and saying the lord's work is the greatest work and then we don't we don't actually work like it and and right. so that's that is so vital to be able to do that so you've got all of these things and and you're right man it's just the ministry is time and effort and time and effort and I don't know about you, I always, uh, it's been 41 years now, getting getting up to almost 42 years of being in the ministry. Mm -hmm. And all that right. I think about is the things that I didn't get done. The things that right. still have yet to be done that I can't get right. to. And so I can be out soul winning and maybe lead somebody to Christ. And I still feel guilty that I've not been around my family. And then maybe we'll take a right. family day and I'll feel guilty because so-and-so is in the hospital and I should have stopped by and see them. And I, I mean, I'm always, mm -hmm. if you can say that, you know, if you have that concern, I'm always feeling guilty. And that's something that you're going to wind mm -hmm. up having to deal with and live with if you're going to be part of the ministry. It's not nine to five, exactly right. what you said. Thank the Lord. Uh, you can sort of break in and you're doing maybe not as much when you first start as you will in five or six or nine years uh, because if right. you are uh, 
somebody that the Lord's hand of blessing is upon, then you're going to get more and more things added to you. Uh, there is the possibility that maybe this church is growing and the needs of this uh, assistant pastor is growing so much that maybe they need to hire somebody else. Maybe they need to hire mm-hmm. a second secretary. Maybe they need to begin thinking about uh, you know expanding some other areas. If 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 the load and the burden is just getting you know too heavy, sometimes yeah. uh, assistant pastors need to be taught and trained how to keep a schedule and not just mm-hmm. uh, do what you feel like doing that day. It, there there's so many right. such a multitude of things, but you got to be very careful. Most of the things that people tell you are not true. Most of yes. the things that church members are going to tell you as an assistant pastor yeah. are not true. Oh, yeah. oh, that was the greatest sermon. We haven't heard <laughs> preaching like that for a long, long, long time. time. You know, That's right. <laughs> that, you know, if you start believing that, you're you're in trouble. You're really right. in trouble. Right. I mean, uh, when right. when I was at Cleveland, and of course, uh, Pastor Folger had a different style, and so I oftentimes would want to inject a little bit more humor than I normally mm-hmm. would, uh, because I just felt like I needed to just be like the other side of the coin or something, and and so man, sure. if I'm preaching and giving funny stories and everybody's laughing and. It, you know, of course they're going to like that better than than being told that they're you know rotten people and and ought to you know be closer to the Lord and and forgive their sin. You know, I mean, you know, that's a lot nicer to hear. You know, so you can't yeah. you cannot believe when people tell you those kind of things because there's usually yeah. a reason why somebody's saying that. Yeah, I I think too that it never hurts to learn this phrase and use this as a pastor, as an assistant pastor, Chick-fil-A, I think, uses this motto. They ask, how can I better serve you today? What can I do to better serve you? And I've been in ministries where every staff member will say, is there anything I can do for you? Anything I can get you? Do you have any need? Those Those are great questions to ask. And if you as a church member will ask that of other church members, visitors that are coming in, um, if you can ask your church staff that, and then church staff, pastors should be saying to a staff, "What can I do to help you?" And there are times when they'll tell you the truth and say, "Pastor, I just can't. I can't get this done. I, I, I'm having trouble with this." And he may have to do it himself, or it may become a need to hire someone to take care of some of those duties. And uh, I found that in our ministry, Brother Hall, and I gave him so much. And uh, he would come to me and say, "Pastor, I, I, I'm trying, but I just can't get this done. I can't do all this." And we'd have to either split those duties or, or do something like that. Again, it's a communication. It's kind of like a marriage. Uh, you've got to communicate the need, and, and you've got to have someone who'll receive that. And as a pastor, um, you know, if your staff's coming to you and saying to you, I, I, can't, I can't do it all, don't, don't get upset. You know, now, if they're shirking their responsibility, you're free to tell them that. But you better make sure that you just haven't given them too much as well. And sometimes I think we have a, a tendency to do that. Yeah, or, or telling them, showing them how to do it maybe a little bit better, quicker, better, right. more effectively. Mm-hmm. You know, be, being mm-hmm. being more wise with our time. I I had a pastor tell me one time. He says I've had five or six guys in as associates, and I've never found one that worked for me well. And I said, Well, what is the problem? He goes, They just can't read my mind. 
And I'm like, what? He said, I want somebody that can read my mind. I said, buddy, only Jesus can do that, and I don't think he needs the job. Like, come on. Read your mind. Now, I will tell you this, that Mike Colling could read my mind, but that took years of working together and, and, you know, doing things habitually the same way. But he could he could read my mind. I I can say to him, I could say a couple words, and he would be able to finish the sentence or know exactly what I'm talking about. But that that's not everybody. The, your staff is not going to read your mind. They shouldn't have to read no. your mind. No, we ought to be good communicators. A- and again, yeah. I, and I want to say this again because it's the truth. Do not believe everything that people tell you. Yes. You just cannot. Yeah. I'm going to give an illustration. Yeah. Um, at one point, there was, I felt like, my wife and I felt like just overall, there may have been some real um, discontent with church staff. And, and so, uh, mm-hmm. like, like not angry with each other, but just not settled. Yeah. And so I, I right. remember talking to the pastor about this, and I talked to him about it a couple of times, and I said, I'm telling you, this is what I'm discerning. And so the, the pastor went to handle this and provide an opportunity for anyone that had any issues, that had any uncomfortability, that had any, any uh, problems, any, anything that they felt like internally was discomfort to yep. let them know anonymously. He gave them an opportunity where they could give their complaints anonymously and not one person did <laughs> so so now you know you he, like he wanted to serve and he wanted to try to meet that but it's not there and so right. i told my wife i said all right from here out i'm going to be telling people and you should be telling people i don't want to hear it and and it's like the right. next day somebody started into you know another staff member of well you know and and my wife said you had an opportunity to deal with this and they said well i didn't know if that was really true and and she said oh. nope nope i'm not going to listen to this anymore so you know there is a there is that opportunity of you're you're going to be you, you want to be friendly you want to be compassionate you do want to be caring, but not everybody's always going to tell you the truth. You just yeah. have to understand the structure. And you cannot read the Bible without understanding uh, that God has a great, great um, emphasis on levels of authority. And you had yeah. better get that settled in your own heart and mind. You are not the pastor. You are not yeah. the pastor. I don't care if you think you're better than the pastor. I think you'd be you'd be wiser than the pastor. I don't care if you think you preach better than the pastor. I don't care if the whole church, 95%, would vote for you to be the pastor instead. You are not the pastor. And so right. you had better leave that church alone because I promise you that God will judge you if you harm the yeah. church. You harm the body That's right. because you're you're just disgruntled with the pastor. Right. I remember when Dr. Thompson said, you know, anybody that has a problem, you're free to come in and, and sit down and talk to me. And I went in and I spent several hours and said, um, it's Wolven. 
uh, he's the problem here. And I think we need to take some really serious action. And um, it was just a few days after that that I was told I was going to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe because somebody was an asset and somebody was a liability. <laughs> <laughs> So be careful when you go in on those meetings. It may not turn out the way that you hoped. <laughs> well, I've got a couple of stories for Friday on uh, a an assistant pastor and a pastor and their relationships. Okay. All right. Get ready. And I've got some statistics for you that I think awesome. are going to be uh, uh, good for you. So get ready for that. I'm Al Stone, and uh, I am uh, headed back to Canada for our Man Up Conference as this uh, is played. Uh, it will be just a few days away, actually a few days past um, having that conference. We're hoping for a great number Amen. of men to meet together, uh, around 300, 350, Amen. something like that, and uh, just just asking God to do some great things there in the country of Canada. We need it, desperately need it, and uh, pray with us that God would do some great things there. I'm Al Stone. This is Dan Wolven. I don't really agree with those meetings because, first of all, I'm not manly, and secondly, I'm not very tall, so man-up conferences aren't <laughs> something that I really am involved in, but uh, but any women-down conferences. <laughs> That's right. Boy out. <laughs> Boy, Boy out. out. <laughs> Thank you for listening. God bless you. I hope you have a great day. This is Tim Talks. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with you on Friday. Have a great day. Eh? We look forward to Friday. See you then. Have a great day. You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.